Glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of a lot of people who feel ripped off, people who did cryptocurrencies, who did Bitcoin. I'm going to give you the latest lowdown on what's been going on in just a few minutes. And later in news that's still unfolding, General Motors is laying off massive numbers of people and closing auto plants. What does that mean to you, even if you or no one you know works for General Motors? I'm going to fill you in on that later. And right now, I want to talk about the what used to be a uniquely American experience, and that is Black Friday, Cyber Monday, the whole Christmas shopping extravaganza. I say used to be because now all over the world, people are into it. I saw an ad today from Soviet or Russia, Siberia, showing a Black Friday ad in the Russian alphabet, but it said in English, Black Friday on there with deals. And this year is a continuation of a pattern that I want to make sure you are aware of. I did, uh, I've done shopping over the last week or so, and I went out to visit stores Thanksgiving night and then on Friday on what used to be the big shopping day, Black Friday, to get a sense about how things were going. And it's funny because late Thanksgiving night, two of my kids said, Dad, we got to go. You're breaking tradition. And I was like, go where? We've got to go out to stores. So we did, and by the second store, they were done and said, we can go home now. And the thing is, the the heavy focus, like when our producer Joel, 12 years ago, I guess it was, stayed up all night, Thanksgiving night at a Walmart store with a buddy having a hand on a TV, waiting till the TV could be sold at 8 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning, whatever it was that Friday morning, when all the focus was on Black Friday and you'd have the fist fights and all that, that now it's much more chill. And it's more like my kids saying, well, Dad, we got to go. Because now the shopping is spread out, and it's really Black Friday week last week. This week, instead of being Cyber Monday, is now really Cyber Week, as any of a number of retailers are now referring to it, dropping Monday from the title for what, used to be just today with the frenzy of nobody paying any attention to work. And the number of people in stores, what's known as foot traffic or footfall, is down again this year, and it's been trending down for several years as the in-store shopping has spread out over a much wider number of days, and the online shopping has taken a chunk of what people used to do in person The combination has made it a much calmer experience. That doesn't mean that occasionally there's not going to be people behaving badly. But the important news for you is the deals continue through this week. And the deals will be both in stores 
and online, and then the hybrid that Target has been immensely successful with this year, among others, where you order online and pick up in the store. And we'll continue to see deals for about the next two weeks. And then the deals start to dry up, except for items that buyers at stores messed up on and they thought people would buy particular items that they didn't. Those will be heavily discounted the last two weeks up till Christmas. But we are in the sweet spot for getting bargains. And I bought quite a few, virtually nothing for myself because I don't need anything. But one of the interesting trends is a third of all online sales this year are estimated to be taking place on people's smartphones rather than on laptops or desktops. And that is a major change. And I've noticed a lot of the retailer websites present mobile-friendly now. So it's really easy to click to purchase online on your phone. But the real danger is that you impulse buy. You don't comparison shop, which is so very important to do, and that you don't also really think through, is that an item I really, really want? Is it something I need at all? I mean, very little of what we buy right now is stuff anybody needs, but is it even worth it to get it and have it in your life? So don't just don't just spend because something says sale, sale, sale. Comparison shop, and especially be very wary on Amazon's site where they're very good at manipulating you to click to buy, click to buy, click to buy. Comparison shop there too. Even comparing what Amazon's listing as a price when you're on it versus what it may have been over a period of time using something like Camel, 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 which tracks prices on Amazon since everything always looks like it's a deal on Amazon and many times is not. Oh, one other thing. One of the industries that's been trying to find a role in the midst of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Cyber Week are the airlines. And there are a number of deals that have popped up for cyber sales from the airlines. Some are extremely good. Others kind of ho-hum. You can see what's going on with that activity at ClarkDeals.com to see if you have an interest and going somewhere, this is a time period you may find some really screaming deals. As an example, Air New Zealand is offering a number of deals on their cyber sale to the South Pacific, as an example. Just one. Robert's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Robert. Yes, Clark. How you doing? Great. Thank you, Robert. What's going on with Good. you? Well, you know, I hear you talk, you know, I listen to you all the time on podcast, and I hear you always reference a lot of different resources. I just wondered if you could tell us what your top 10 resources are that you use for your research. So, number one is the Financial Times, or what used to be called the Financial Times of London. They, it's still like completely a financial newspaper and does a much better job at letting me get deep 
on things so I'm, I have as much knowledge as possible. And that's my first read every day is the Financial Times. And Sunday's a really mean day for me because they don't publish on Sundays. Okay. So that one is the top. I read the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post. Um, I get a lot of good consumer stories out of the Kansas City Star. A lot of great business stories out of Business Week. Um, I get a lot of good technology stuff from uh, from some of the technology blogs. Too many to even name. I follow about 15 different technology blogs. And okay. I read the New York Post every day, which is kind of funny because it's a tabloidy kind of paper, but they write a lot of good uh, news you can use stories. I read USA Today every day, and I read some regional papers to get stories that are likely not being written about elsewhere. You want to hit you with okay. some of those? Please. I read the Kansas City Star, which I mentioned, the uh, Portland... I'm sorry, the um, Seattle Post-Intelligencer, the Orlando Sentinel, the Florida Sun-Sentinel, the Houston Chronicle, um, Dallas Morning News, and Market Watch. And I go through those every day. I concentrate on two sections of any local paper, the local news section, which will likely have a story that may help me spot an early trend, particularly with scams. And then I okay. read the local business section. Okay. So Good. I, I am as dull as you might think. What yeah. I do in the morning is I get up and I do an exercise routine on, uh, I have exercise equipment in my home and I get on the elliptical and Stairmaster and I start reading actual printed newspapers. And then I move from those usually to, I've got a, a, a treadmill desk and then I'll start working on a laptop on the treadmill desk while I walk. Wow, that's that's a great idea. That's a good way to do it. So you actually take delivery of these paper? I take delivery. Uh, the only ones I take delivery of are the Financial Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times. Okay, and that's what you lay across your elliptical and read while you're while you're exercising. Right, and fortunately, I've never fallen off the elliptical, although at some <laughs> point that will happen from turning all the pages. I understand. Thank you. I appreciate all you do. Thank sure. You so I'm just curious, why was that of interest to you? Because I, because I would still continue to listen to your podcast because everybody that calls in is like a case study. But this would help me. You know, I'm boring as well, and I like reading all this kind of material, especially the regional newspapers. That's why I thought that was nice of you to share that. Well, so absolutely. I'm just as, as born as you are, I guess. Well, I how about that, Robert? That. So at any party, people will want to turn away from us in a hurry. That's right, because we, we'll be standing there with our newspapers. That is so funny. Marie is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great, thank you. How can I serve you? Well, um, the question of the newer homeowner. Um, our home is valued now around two forty, um, which is wonderful because what we owe is around one fifty, um, and we're talking about thousand. Um, and this is, you know, seven years old, and we're in that stage of okay, do we refi and make um, our home? We are very 
anal and how we quick everything in our home. Um, a little bit too OCD if you think about it. Um, but we're thinking, okay, do we go ahead and refi to make home repairs? But I heard you talking about equity and equity lines, and so that is that. So here's here's how you this is how you find your way to the right answer with that. And you've got uh, you're so fortunate to have twenty something percent uh, equity in your home, mm-hmm. and so that's great. Actually, more than that. Yeah, uh, I mean, 30, it, it's, 35 it's percent equity. It's, yeah. So, what is your current mortgage interest rate? I believe it's like four point two. Our credit is like eight. 20 both of us so we're doing very good in our credit too and also i forgot to mention there's the temptation that there are a lot of new homes being built around so we don't know if then we should just buy a new house (laughs) well so the answer to that is part lifestyle and part financial if you want to just do as you said repairs to your home you'd never want to do a refi to do that particularly with interest rates higher today because repairs usually aren't going to be a substantial enough amount of money that it would make sense to refi and they're actually perfect for doing the home equity line of credit I talked about okay because it's money you would tend to pay off in months rather than thinking year after year after year to pay it off okay um, so- but the question about buying a new home is if what you really need to do to the home you're in is you need to make it larger you're going to start adding on rooms or anything like that? Is that part of your plan? Well, that is a possibility. You know, we're considering adopting a little girl in the future. We already have one daughter, um, but in a couple of years, you know, bring an extra one, and I don't like kids sharing room. So that's a possibility of maybe adding an extra room, but so, we're not sure if that was going to happen in like in three years or in four years. So I think you stay put for now. Okay. And if you end up in a situation where you do enlarge your family and then it makes sense to get another home, that's when you would do it. But to prospectively dump the home you're at, unless you hate the home you're at. No, we love it. Oh, we love our home. And, you know, the only thing we would like is just some extra just to add a few little things here and there that with seven years you get wear and tear, like car flooring is one of those. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, that's a perfect example of when you do a home equity line of credit and leave your existing mortgage as it is uh, and when the time comes if the time comes that you would like a different home that's when you do that but for right now just enjoy what you got it's weird if you go back to earlier this year i was getting a zillion questions about bitcoin and any of a number of cryptocurrencies and ICOs, initial coin offerings, and it was a frenzy. And that frenzy, in the midst of it, I would continually disappoint people when they'd call me for affirmation or encouragement to put money into Bitcoin or any of the other, uh, any of the other cryptocurrencies, the fake currencies, the non-governmental money. And... If you take Bitcoin that peaked earlier this year, what, like 20,000 a Bitcoin, and now it's 3,700 a Bitcoin. It's lost 82% of its value in months. And there are people now who are like, oh, yeah, this is just a correction. It's going to go straight back up higher than it ever was. Well, who knows? 
But the point is, until a non-governmental money has stable value and until it's routinely accepted for everyday transactions, it's not real. And the hype led to so much illegal activity, so much uh, of hucksters convincing people that they were getting on the greatest freight train ever to extreme wealth. And what happened is with any of these things that are so heavily hyped, most people lost a lot of money. Be very careful with any mania. And the manias come and go, all different types and descriptions, but the point is the same. For something to have real lasting value, there must be a real product or service behind it, and the cryptocurrencies so far have failed that test. The economic news has been so fantastic lately for us in the United States, but there are some companies, some industries, that are hitting a bit of a hiccup, and I'm going to tell you how it might affect you. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. So General Motors has announced that they are going to lay off a massive number of non-union workers at the company, and they are also going to shut down five major auto plants. And they're going to do this over the next year. It takes a while. They're laying off uh, somewhere around 20% of their non-factory assembly line workforce. And that's because the, the vehicle market has been extremely strong for years, starting in about 2014. And it was intensely strong in 16 and 17 has been slower this year, and it looks like it's on a steady downturn. Now, here's where there's a potential opportunity for you. And by the way, if uh, I don't want to, I'm sorry I'm hopping into opportunity because this is a brutal time if you are someone who's part of the GM family, and I don't want to make light of that. The good news for workers at GM facing layoffs is that the job market is strong and many of the skills you have may well translate to other opportunities. And so this is, if there's a a good time for a bad thing, this is a good time for the workers. Now, for you from a consumer perspective, the auto market structurally has a very large number of competitors, very unusual There's more competition in the automotive industry than most any other consumer product industry. Think how many different players there are in it versus how in most industries you have often what economists will refer to as the rule of threes. There will be three substantial players that control the market. The auto market isn't like that at all with a couple of dozen different players of significance and 10 that sell a huge amount of market share of vehicle production and the industry is has too much capacity can make too many vehicles and even though we just hit a record high average price for new vehicles 
it was not because of lack of competition. It was because of decisions that consumers have been making one by one, individually, in dealer showrooms, optioning out vehicles to a point that it shocked people in the automotive industry. At the same time that the average purchase price of a vehicle has hit an all-time record high, you're going to see incentives continue to rise and any of a number of vehicles, new ones, priced upper teens to low 20s are available and the deals on those and across the vehicle market are only going to be uh, significantly better as we move through winter into early spring. Because again, it takes a while to turn around these automotive ships. And so these plants scale down over time, production scales down over time, and so there is a purchase window that we will be in for the next several months, maybe for the next five months. Edward is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Edward. Hi, how you doing, Clark? Great, thank you, Edward. You got a car question for me. I do. Uh, I'm going to be buying a new car uh, in the next few weeks, and I know that they always try to sell an extended uh, warranty um, and would like to get your an opinion on that and see if, if you think that they're a good deal or if they're a ripoff from the uh, car dealerships. So they're really neither. Uh, I will tell you what is a ripoff, is buying any uh, extension of a warranty that is not from the manufacturer itself. Okay. The dealers very heavily push these um, these marketing company products that are what I call fake warranties. And they are not backed by the manufacturer and they're not backed by the dealer. But these marketing companies will go to the general manager or general sales manager or dealership and say, hey, you know what? You're only making $112 when you sell one of the manufacturer extended ones. So you're making $300 or whatever. We have a product that you can market, sell for less retail than what the manufacturer wants you to sell theirs, and we'll pay you $1,000 a customer. And so the dealers very heavily are incentivized to sell junk. Now let's think about this. If they're able to sell it for a lower sticker price than the manufacturer's own warranty, and at the same time pay the dealer a massive commission, there's no way there's ever enough money there to cover the repairs that those vehicles will need over time. And that leads to what are known as bust-outs, where these marketing companies will sell a ton of warranties, and then when the claims start coming in, they vanish in the night, and you have a worthless piece of paper. And that's why I only want you to buy the manufacturer's own extension. So when I, when I buy the car, buy it from that particular dealership? But not so much from the dealership, because the dealership's the same one selling the junk ones, too. It so, must be the manufacturer's own. So if you're buying, uh, we were just talking about GM. If you're buying a GM product, you want a GM extended warranty. If you're buying a, a Ford, you want a Ford extension of the warranty. If you're buying a Toyota, you want a Toyota Honda, you want the actual brand name. But here's a twist. Don't buy the warranty when you buy the vehicle. 
So how do you go about doing that? Call the manufacturer? So you wait. You wait till you've had the vehicle for a while because uh-huh. there's no need for you to buy it till you are towards the end of the manufacturer's own warranty that usually lasts three years. Right. That's what, that's what I've um, discovered at the various uh, manufacturer or the dealerships. And then they want to sell you either two or three or whatever extension uh, in addition to what they, what they all have, have from the manufacturer. But you don't want to do that now because many things could happen those first three years. You could have, um, well, a lot of them are negative, I'm sorry. Your vehicle could be stolen uh-huh. and not recovered. Uh, you could have an accident where it's totaled or you could hate the vehicle and you want to dump it. And so you also have that time to see how reliable your vehicle is and whether it really makes sense for you to buy an extension of that warranty. So all manufacturers will offer that at the end of the, say, three years or 36,000 miles? So to say all, I would say normally they all do. I won't say 100% since I don't own any automaker. I won't say that that 100% of them will three years down the road offer you the extension but it is a normal course of business and it's something they want to do okay and then are those are are also are those negotiable let's say they have a price on the extended warranties can you negotiate with the manufacturer not uh, well you can with the dealer that sells them but again not likely effectively at the time you're buying the vehicle much more effectively later because they didn't capture you they didn't capture the sale they're more likely to be motivated to offer you a deal to get you to buy it later all right so so bottom line is you don't recommend buying the extended warranty when you purchase the car but at towards the end of their their particular warranty uh, and only only if you've been worried about the reliability of the vehicle well, it's, it seems like most cars now are pretty reliable. Um, you know, I used to say that, but looking at the most recent data from Consumer Reports, I would no longer say that. There's a, vari- there's a variability, is that a word? There's a range of reliability from brand to brand in particular, and we, I just covered that on the show. You can see for the brand you're interested in looking at how reliable they proved to be. And you can even drill down at Consumer Reports to an individual make and model for predicted reliability to see if it is one that you're going to need to lose a little sleep over reliability or likely not. But as a general rule, if you can afford to pay for repairs out of your pocket, you are better off self-insuring instead of buying anybody's extended warranty. Tyler's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Tyler. Hey, Clark. So you're getting married. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. How can I be of service? So I sent in a question regarding uh, honeymoons. I we're about 11 months out from the wedding, and I can now just see some of the different destinations we want to go to and their prices. But I'm kind of struggling on where to start. We're looking at, you know, the Caribbean area, so maybe some sort of type of resort. But it seems like to me, everywhere I go, 
I have to know what airport I'm leaving from and what airport I'm going to before I can even see a price. Sure. And I usually try to use the price as my uh, way to look at where I want to go to start with. So I don't know if you had any good starting places or what I should be doing. Yeah, so if you're looking fun in the sun, Caribbean or Hawaii, and I threw in or Hawaii, which you didn't mention, and I'll tell you why in a second, um, you will not find deals to the Caribbean for October that'll be worth looking at likely until March at the earliest. Anything that would be posted now would be uh, effectively a retail price because the fun in the sun market for the Caribbean and the Bahamas, they wait to see what demand looks like before they really negotiate with the wholesalers what kind of prices they're going to offer. And so airfare also is sold seasonally for the Caribbean. And you said October? Yes. So October makes you both uh, brilliant and a risk taker in the Caribbean. Because brilliant, that's one of the uh, most quiet times of the year when you'll get the lowest prices on airfare and on accommodations at an all-inclusive or if you go more traditional resort or rent a condo. But you also have at many destinations the worry about being in the hurricane belt. Okay, so would you suggest looking into some of the options that you frequently talk about in terms of insurance for that that type of trip? So that's been one of the bummers is that a lot of the insurance policies don't do a good job covering you when it is a hurricane. So I want to mention why I talked about Hawaii and said I was going to come back to it. We in 2019 are going to see the fair war to end all fair wars for flights to Hawaii. And I don't know if Hawaii is a place you've already been. Have you been to Hawaii? No, I haven't. Hawaii is fantastic. And you know how I always go where the deal is. Yeah. So what's happened is airlines are fighting it out and they're all terrified because Southwest Airlines is going to start flying to all four major Hawaiian islands. And the airlines are going to be as inhospitable that are already in that market, particularly Alaska Airlines and Hawaiian Airlines, are going to be brutal trying to fight back against Southwest. And we're going to see really maybe unprecedented low fares to the Hawaiian Islands. And Do you think it's my best bet to wait I definitely want you to wait. March. I want you to wait. And so I could push even to May or June. And then, oh, and yeah, you have no more. problem at all when you're looking at low season for you to just sit and watch. And you can go to uh, any of a number of sites, although I find the easiest to set up alerts is at google.com slash flights. You can put in from your departure airport or if you or several you can leave from to – a variety of destinations in the Caribbean, you can put in fare alerts, and when the fares go down, they'll automatically email you and tell you there's a new deal. So my best option on getting a good deal, a lot of the sites I looked at were the reservation plus airfare. Those probably aren't going to be the best way I can... If you want a deal, you, you if you before. want a deal, you put more work on your shoulders. You, okay. you wait till there's an airfare bargain 
to a place that would be appealing to you and book it. You'll have 24 hours to cancel it penalty-free. Use that 24 hours to see if you can find good accommodations deals at that destination. And then you know you put together the combo that'll really help you save money. And again, I heard no excitement from you when I mentioned Hawaii. Think about it. It's a great destination, usually cost prohibitive to get to, but not in 2019. Andrew is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Andrew. How you doing? Doing great, thank you. You got a question for me about time being essential in buying an airline ticket, is that right? Or just any type of travel, really. Um, I was looking at all the Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals, and I wanted to know if Travel Tuesday, which is coming up, is a better day to uh, book um, any kind of travel, really. I have no destination, so. No way to know whether, I mean, Travel Tuesday is something that that most people haven't even heard of. So, so many airlines have rolled out deals over this past weekend and there's a big list of all the deals like a catalog of all the deals airlines are offering right now on skyscanner.com sky scanner.com airline by airline that's offering deals and also at clarkdeals.com we have some of the deals that are available on various airlines around the world oh, yes i know clark deals very well <laughs> well there's also some cruise deals that end tonight at midnight so they may come up with new ones for tuesday but as of now it looks like a lot of the cruise ones may end tonight but interestingly enough with a lot of the airline deals they don't necessarily end tonight all right great and where um, in the world are you trying to run off to uh, you know what? I have no idea. Just I'm staying in the U.S. That's all I know, <laughs> really. All right. Well, uh, the U.S. airlines, several of them are offering scattered deals today. And so if you go to google.com slash flights and put in a place that intrigues you or excites you, you might see a deal. Or go do this thing I'm talking about on Skyscanner or Clark Deals. All right, great. I will definitely check out both of those. Thank you very much. Sure. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.